0: everyone, and welcome back to the Dynamic Leadership Podcast Series. This is Christopher from the LSDS team that is working hand-in-hand with Unit Solutions, and I'm here with Terry Peters, founder and CEO of Leader Solutions and Decision Support. Our topic today is one I'm excited to hear more about, organizational complacency. This topic affects numerous organizations, and like a rising tide, it hits you and your organization before you even know it's there. Today, our goals provide you with a better understanding of organizational complacency and how to mitigate it. Whenever we're going to do a topic or discuss something, we all have to know what the topic is or what it means to us and how we see it. So before we get started, what I'd like Terry to do is, could you please describe organizational complacency so our listeners understand how you see it and where it's coming from and kind of define that form because organizational complacency does come in different shapes and sizes.
1: Yeah, Chris. Thanks for hosting, right? And thanks for uh, thanks for having me on this again. I know that uh, as a, at least the last three of these, I've been the person uh, answering questions, and I know that's going to change quick enough. But it is uh, great to be back with everyone for uh, for the my third one of these in a row. So, as we think about organizational complacency, Chris, as you mentioned, this is a topic that has come up a lot uh, with leaders at all levels over the last few weeks. In fact. Uh, Just last week, I was on a a leadership forum with some dynamic, some incredible leaders. And and this subject was one I broached with them to get their perspectives. And it was interesting to hear them talk about organizational complacency, right? So as far as a definition, I think, you know, there are a lot of definitions out there and anybody out there can Google it and find it. But to me, you know, it's when an organization loses its vibrancy and passion or when lethargy crowds out passion and motivation. Right. Um, and at the individual level, it's when the intent it, that intrinsic return on the investment of time and energy wanes or is totally lost. Right. So if you've got an organization that's slowing down or routines have taken over and, and crowded out initiative and, you know, delegation and ownership are, are kind of getting squeezed out. Um, often, you know, we see this happen after big wins. Right. in organization's hey, we just won a gazillion dollar contract and, and we were good. Well, now how do we actually, you know, get hungry for our next event? Or how do we roll out our next program, product, uh, anything else? And, and often, you know, organizations, uh, there are a lot of factors around it, but organizational complacency, you know, is a thing and it's very real. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, it, it feels like a little bit of a blanket over you, a wet blanket. Other times, it's just the organization just isn't moving forward and isn't aggressively evolving uh, to deal with what's in front of them.
0: Great response. Um, to follow up with that, I was listening to the news the other day, and they were talking about people working in, in jobs and how a lot of millennials, you know, as soon as they hit resistance in their job, they immediately quit. And the guy talked and said, you know, just because you're filling boxes each day, it does seem like a mundane task. But if you tell the person the boxes you're filling are feeding someone clear across the, the world in some refugee camp someplace, it puts a little bit more passion back into that job so they understand the why of what they're doing as opposed to just doing.
1: Yeah, Chris, you're, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of factors that are involved. Right? When we look at an organization and you know, organizations ask us to provide a gap in needs analysis or look at their culture or whatever it may be, you know, we, we look at those factors and often, you know, things like organizational complacency can can be attributed and mapped back to many factors. And one of those, as you mentioned, is losing an understanding of why you're doing this, right? How does your your task, whatever you're responsible for, whether it's a single, you know, you're an individual contributor or you lead a large team or anywhere in between, how does what you're doing... Impact the greater good. What is the goodness that's associated with your chosen profession? And sometimes that's lost on people, right? And 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 you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing out there, right? Whether you're working at a drive-through or you're, you know, you're working in defense or you're working, you know, in in uh, technology industry or, or or whatever, you know, the ability to to understand that you're having an effect um, and you're helping other people. Or you're delivering something extraordinary, that really is a vital to defeating organizational places. You're keeping it from even uh, getting set in. And I don't think it's I don't think it's any generation, right? We've seen you know, plenty of folks. You know, we were talking before the, before we hit record on you know people that have been in our organization and for whatever reason uh, they leave. And there are several factors there, right? If it if you can't get the intrinsic and extrinsic returns on the investment of your time and energy. If uh, both of those aren't right, and, you know it's not practical to stay in an organization. And so trying to uh, leaders have a lot to do in this space, but you're right. Uh, there are a lot of factors that contribute to it, for sure.
0: Thanks, Terry. That's a great definition. I think a lot of our listeners right now have a better understanding of what organizational complacency is. So now that we've established it, um, what's the potential impact of widespread organizational complacency? How does that affect the organization as a whole?
1: Yeah. So, Chris, the potential impact at its, at its highest scales, you got to close the doors, right? If if an organization becomes stagnant and it can't evolve into, um, you know, where it needs to go, um, you know, Jim Collins writes a lot about, you know, I'm a Jim Collins fan, a lot of great books, but, you know, one of his books is, you know, How the Mighty Fall. And in many instances, there are examples of there of how organizational complacency allowed uh, competition to win. And, and so, you know, an organization can lose its place in the market, whatever that may be, whatever, uh, whatever industry they're working in uh, because of organization complacency. Then, you know, the indicators early on, um, you know, the KPIs, the key performance indicators or measures of effectiveness begin to stumble, get stagnant or fall. The other one that we see is just a loss of your client base or your customer base. Uh, if those numbers begin to pull back and then in the atmosphere itself, Just a general sense of malaise, right? Whenever we talk with senior leaders, and I get, and I mentioned this in a previous podcast, we get to walk into organizations. One of the first things we do is just stop, look, listen, and pay attention to the environment. And you can tell a lot, right? If you're out there today and you go, I'm going to go into my workspace uh, on the days when that workspace is occupied, before your presence is known, just look and listen, right? If you hear things like laughter, if you hear, even heated conversations where passion is present, your organization's probably in a pretty good place. But if it's calm, people aren't there, people are leaving early, uh, people are voting with their feet, your turnover's high, you may already be experiencing some of the complacency that Lynn leads to, for people to leave. But the impacts are far and wide, right? If you're a, a client-facing business and you have a lot of people that rely on that individual who makes contact with your customer and that person should be a direct representative of the best of your brand and that person is not feeling it, right? They're just not there. That person, because of that sense of lack of focus, lack of commitment, lack of understanding of the organizational orientation, you could already be experiencing some of those impacts to your KPIs and it could take a while before it actually makes it back to you depending on the chair you're in so that you understand how widespread it is
0: very good point about you know how it affects overall and then you also were starting to lean into as a leader like if you are in within your organization you have to have that little checklist what to look for you know, as what indicators are you look for or if you're someone who's transferring from one organization to another organization and you walk in and it's different from what you just left i mean let's talk more about the indicators uh, that an organization may be in the early or aggressive stages of organizational complacency.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, first first thing we look at is how, do, how does it work here, right? That's one of the questions we ask organizations, right? Whatever it is that we deliver, uh, any organization delivers or gets out the door, how does it work, right? Whether it's, you know, a scrum series or any other any other development process that you have or, you know, planning sessions or delivery sessions or production timelines, whatever those are, the first one that you'll probably see is just beginning to exceed those deadlines. We're, we're falling behind. Production isn't where it, it should be. Um, we're just not making it, right? And the other one is in your creative areas, right? We're not seeing new ideas and initiatives. Our ability as an organization to generate, manage, and then develop ideas. What does that idea generation process look like? You may see it there. Other things is when people just feel like the atmosphere is changing and they don't necessarily want to be there anymore, you could see increased turnover of your key and essential folks or even uh, any of your other people. And then the last one that I'll note here is just, you know, the atmosphere that once was vibrant and focused and that energy that's kind of ever present in those super high functioning organizations just begins to leave or is diminished. And that's a, that's a feeling in some instances, it's more tangible as in in other areas, but as a leader, and I'll, I'll refer back to our last podcast as a leader, who's, who's attuned to the organization, you'll be able to feel that. Right. And sometimes it's just, Hey, Chris isn't performing well today. Let me see what's going on there. But if, you know, Chris, if you ask Chris that question and Chris says, man, it just doesn't feel like you used to feel here. That, that should be a red flag for you to look at and say, okay, Chris, let's sit down and you tell me what I'm missing. Because my goal is to have that same energy and passion that used to be here. What, what am I missing? And I think that's extremely important. You know, Chris, you, you know, you've been on a project here for, uh, for quite some time. And there was one of the, the many things we've had you do left you kind of on an island for, for quite some time. And you came to me and said, hey, look, I've been out here in this kind of slow space for too long. I'm separated from the organization and I don't really understand if I'm value added and why I'm still doing this. And, you know, that was because of our relationship. You, you brought that to me early on, but had it not been for the strength of our relationship and, you know, your value as a, as a a part of this team, we could have lost you, right? That's something where I like to think I'm, I'm attuned. I like to think I'm focused and I like to think I circulate a lot, but even then You can still miss some of your best people potentially leaving. There's nothing I can tell you that says, if you do this, you'll always eliminate it. But if you've got a good, strong culture to start with, often you'll be able to see some of those indicators um, very early on. And then the question is, how do you react to it? Um, And how are you responding? Because odds are, if you see it in one person, it's, it's much more widespread than that.
0: That's great. Yeah. And great point to bring up the on an island effect. And I think that's why a lot of employers right now are scared about the people who still want to work from home because they never get to see them. And they are little outliers that you don't see because, you know, people, when you circulate, when everybody's in one building, you have a chance to see to do your litmus test on a more daily basis. When you have a lot of people outside that organization, your litmus test is filtered through a text, a phone call or a video chat. You don't see how they're interacting with everybody else in the organization. Great point. Yeah, it's I mean,
1: tough. Yeah, it's tough for leaders, right? Because you, you have to find this right balance of bringing people back to work, assuming that's right for your organization, de- determining what those touch points look like, and then also respecting the fact that some people can't come to work, or can't come to you know a brick and mortar location. It may not be practical for them. So you're right. It is important to figure out how you can stay connected and make sure that you're doing the extra effort or applying the extra effort to, to really be in touch with your team and to look for exactly what needs to happen. And, and in some cases, leaders are doing a phenomenal job. You know, a, a great number of organizations we interact with on a daily basis, leaders are doing a phenomenal job. And in some cases, leaders are a little overwhelmed because they also have their own lives and their own challenges to deal with. And being able to kind of keep it all straight uh, is tough for sure.
0: That's great. So sorry we got off topic there a little bit, but now that we've done our assessment, we've identified what organizational complacency is. We decided that we have it. Now, as a leader, you've identified it. How do you go to act to fix it? So, what methodologies could you recommend to leaders uh, that they can consider use like a checklist or something to to get rid of organizational complacency within their organization?
1: Yeah, first is I, the first thing I'd recommend that any any leader leadership team that's out there that has identified it might exist is own that, right? Um, you, you are responsible for it forming, and you have the potential to address it. Uh, but if you ignore it, it's only going to get worse. So that's the first thing I'd recommend to, to any, any leader. Second is really understand just how widespread it is, right? And, and leader circulation, effective leader circulation, not visiting, saying, are you okay? Um, but no kidding, targeted focused leader circulation for a purpose, um, to engage, to learn, to, to reinforce, to strengthen. That, that targeted leader circulation is vital. Um, and that doesn't have to be in a physical presence, that can also be virtual. But get your leaders out there and get them engaged. Um, at all levels, get those leaders engaged. The other part of this is just good old-fashioned messaging around the greater good, right? You've got to make sure that your team and your leaders and your messaging really does let people know that they are having a positive effect and that effect is good and the organization is, is truly focused on our people and where the organization wants to go and as part of that i would tell you those people that are have that apply focus passion that are all-stars that are that are strengthening the organization from the ground up recognize and reward them right it doesn't have to be over the top it just is a thank you it can be a, a you know uh, my affectionate term a love note right it can be something that really lets them know that you see it you value it and you want to see more of it uh, that that's extremely important and then lastly for this is you know if there are people on your team that are evaporating the culture that, that you desire and need is is move them right first address it and have all those conversations but figure out where is right for them if that's somewhere else inside your organization fantastic if that's if if the assessment is they should potentially leave the organization and that's what's right for your team, then do that. What you don't want to do is allow the atmosphere of the organization that is being drained to continue to be drained, especially if you can identify anyone or any team that is causing that to happen. And so none of these things in isolation, all of these things in concert, uh, and then staying super aware of where the goodness is happening and then build on that, right? Find goodness and grow it. And just like you would in in any organization. And then, you know, if you can rejuvenate that entrepreneur spirit, if you can rejuvenate, you know, that sense of drive, if you could connect it to the greater good, the passion is going to come back and that energy is going to be restored and arguably even better, right? If you ignore it, it's not going to get any better. I can guarantee that.
0: Great points. Um, really absorb and uh, think in there. As we, you know, start to close out this podcast, I think this has been a great discussion. Really opened up, uh, you know, a lot of ideas, a lot of thinking. So, what else can we take away from this discussion concerning organizational complacency?
1: Yeah, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, I, you know, my one of the things you've heard me say a lot is, you know, pride kills. Right. So if you're if you're, it'll kill an organization. It'll kill a relationship. If you' know, if, you're a, if you're a senior leader and you happen to hear this podcast and you know you think well I'm, I'm sure we don't have any problem my question to you would be how often have you seen your team? are you paying close attention? are you actively setting an example? are you driving the organization forward uh, because you know hubris, you know pride, arrogance all of those things are interconnected and often set the conditions for uh, the organizational culture to get away from us and, and that's what we're really really kind of focusing on it here, you know, we, we see complacency setting in at some of the weirdest times, right? Well, I'd say weird, but unique times. You know, let's say that, as I mentioned early on in the podcast, you know, if a company has great success in their market space, um, whatever that may be, then often it sets in because you get this almost a tribal continuation, right? It's the way we've always done it. We're going to keep doing it. It's worked before it'll work again. There, there is some real goodness to being consistent, having, you know, systems and processes that work, but if you don't watch, it could crowd out creativity. It could crowd out the challenges uh, associated with, or the goodness associated with, you know, striving to do more. You know, I think the other part here, as I mentioned before, is just pay attention to the, to the actual work environments. And even if that's a hybrid work environment or a completely virtual work environment, Pay attention to that. You know, here as you know, Chris, we often encourage people to come in about three to five minutes early and just BS with each other, right? Just catch up. It's okay. Let those things happen, and then if you're dialing into that because the meeting is "quote unquote" for you, uh, just listen before you start jumping onto those things and let people really begin to just listen to how good your organization is and get the excitement. But if you if you dial in early and People are just griping, or you know, it's a it's frustrating. Then you may have some things, some areas you want to focus. But you know, organizational complacency uh, and and the challenge it, it brings to an organization is very real. You know, there's no no organization that's immune to it. It really takes a concerted effort to you know keep it from happening. But then if it begins to start to to a, a address it and uh, and mitigate it as best you can.
0: I think you can follow that up with. Um... A quiet conference line or a quiet meeting room when you walk in says a lot about an organization if no one's talking prior and everybody gets quiet when you walk in. I think there's a lot to take away from that. And then to follow up that again is uh, in leadership sales, are you an agent of change or are you an agent of status quo? And that goes back to that. This is how we've always done it. So nothing ever yep. improves. It's just a straight narrow road. And you just follow that for eternity.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right, Chris. And I think, you know, that's why it's great, you know, periodically when leaders change out, right? In our time in the military, you know, they had this rule that every two to three years, leaders would change out. And there was, that that came with a lot of challenges, but it also meant that every two years, the organization gets rejuvenated with fresh perspective, new energy and drive. And there was a goodness to that, right? Uh, So figuring out how organizations can be uh, reinvigorated and how, Fresh perspectives can be entered is is huge for organizations versus just you know the way we, it's the way we've always done it and that's what we do here and and sometimes uh, it's especially depending on who is leading the organization it's tough to get organizations out of that routine and I dare say that becomes a rut so it, it, it does matter to organizations to to really keep uh, fresh ideas and fresh perspectives moving throughout the organization because it's electricity in a good way.
0: Excellent. Yeah. It's, you know, it's that orient decision cycle where you, you know, you know the problem you, you can't act to get out of the, the um, to get out of the way with that. So, hey, um, any parting thoughts that you can think of as we close this out, Terry?
1: No, Chris, I, thanks for hosting this. It really, really a pleasure to be back here and, and, and do this again. And, and uh, I know that the, as, as anyone's out there, if you have any questions or Follow up notes. You can always get a hold of us on the website lsds.us, or you can just send me an email, uh, Terry at lsds.us. And uh, happy to happy to hear back from everybody. And Chris, thanks again for hosting this.
0: All right, Terry Peters, thank you very much for your time. Great podcast as always, and we look forward to doing this again. And for our listeners out there, tell a friend, share. Do you have any? topics you'd like to talk about, send us an email looking for additional information about what you would like to talk about or hear us talk about on this series. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.